Thanks for tuning in for this sermon from Real Church Goshen. We pray that this message will encourage you to do the work that God has called you to do. Well, as we get into the Word tonight, um, I want to start by saying thank you. Um, I know that uh, um, it's sometimes weird um, to not have some sort of function over the last two weeks, uh, which it is. Um, I know even for us as we were coming back, uh, we were like, okay, next time two weeks, too much. Um, We were like, hey, let's kind of maybe do seven days gone and then like two days of refresh on the front end and on the back end. Uh, because once we came back, it was like just a hundred different things going on. But I appreciate you allowing us time to rest and invest in our family and take that time together. We, uh, um, we, what we did is we went from here, we left last, well, two Saturdays ago. We left out at, what was it, five in the morning, I think? Five in the morning. Um, and we headed uh, all the way down to Texarkana that day. So we drove... Um, like 12 plus hours that day, um, just straight to Texarkana. We were down, uh, and then we went the next day, the other like five hours down to Galveston. So we were down in Galveston, Texas. Um, we, Beth had never gone to the beach in Galveston, and it's a dirtier beach. Like it's muddier. It's like a muddy sand. It's not like white, like clear water and all those destin and all the other places we go. Um, but the best thing about it is like there wasn't a person on the beach like easily from me beyond the church. Like it was, it was wide open. There was like nobody there. And if you've ever been to a Florida beach, there are people there. There are like rows. Like I, I can remember us being like third row back, like being like, this is a pretty good spot, you know, like three rows back. Galveston, it was like, uh, how many acres do you want? You know, um, I mean, it was, it was, that was great. And we really... We really enjoyed it. It was a beautiful time. We left there after like four or five days, and we drove up to Waco. We stayed at a, at a farm in Waco, which was beautiful, um, amazing place there. Uh, stayed, did the Chip and Joanna thing, um, spent maybe a couple days there, maybe three nights there or something, and then we headed to Grapevine. And I want to tell a little story about Grapevine because <clears throat> Grapevine was really honestly the main reason why we were going to Texas. Um, because I had a conference for work um, down in Grapevine. And so I was already going, and so a lot of times we'll look at my conference schedule and we'll say, hey, that sounds fun. Let's go a little early or stay a little late or something like that. And so I was going to be down in Grapevine for four-ish. I think the conference for me was like three or four days. Um, And so, but what was great about this conference is um, I go down every year. Um, They do a couple different conferences throughout the year, and they usually have me come in and speak. And this year, they, um, they had me come in and speak, but they just said, talk about whatever you want for an hour. (laughs) And I was like, an hour? <laughs> like, just me? Like, I don't, I don't have to be on a panel. I don't have to have anyone else. They're like, no, give me an hour. So, like, two years ago, they gave me 30 minutes. And so now they were like, let's double down on Tom for a little bit, right? And so um, until I got there and I saw the schedule, and they put me on the last day of the conference at 8 a.m., okay? If you've never been to, like, a work conference, the last day of the conference at 8 a.m., is the session that no one comes to. (laughs) 
because it's 8 a.m., the last day of the conference, and every night there's some excursion and some thing, and some people drink a little bit too much, and then they're like, 8 a.m., <laughs> not happening, brother. And so uh, we, we have this 8 a.m. session, but I have a good friend of mine who literally I walk up to him and I talk to him, and he's like, hey, man, you need to come to my session. I'm doing a joint session with this guy and this guy. It's going to be amazing, and it's at 8 a.m. on Tuesday. He's like handing me paperwork for it. I was like, I can't, I can't do that, man. And I was like, because I have a session at 8 a.m. on Tuesday that I'm doing by myself. He's like, wait a minute. He's like, this is like competition now. He's like, so you think you can get more people in your session than I can? And I was like, I know I can. And so he hands me this collateral. He's like, dude, I've got collateral. And I was like, I am the collateral. Like, it's going to be all right, brother. And so we, we go and we, uh, we, so Tuesday, 8 a.m. comes, we get in there and I've got, we ended up having like 150 plus people in my session, people standing in the back just to hear some Goshen farm boy talk about how to be innovative. And one of the things that it made me think about in all of that is how influential your reputation is. And I started thinking about that more and more over the last few days because as it began to sink in, your reputation truly has an impact on your impact. And I think it's something that we don't talk enough about within the body of Christ is the reputation that we carry, the reputation that we have. You know, I've read before about how, how Jesus at one point asked his disciples, well, who do you say that I am? right? There's something that matters in that. There's something that's meaty in that. And I realized, you know, I've spent, at at this company I work with, I spent the last five years working on their reputation and my reputation to the point that when I come to a session, even without collateral, there's all these people here. And we should, listen, we should have a reputation in our communities and our places that are like that. Proverbs 22.1 says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Ecclesiastes 7.1 says, a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of birth. So the word points to the idea of having a good name and carrying that with you where you go, where you don't have to drum up, you don't have to convince someone, you don't have to sell someone, because you should be walking in this every single day. Your integrity, your morals, your values, they are followed by your actions and not by your words. It's by your actions. It's by what they see. It's by what they actually experience. It's what they actually know. You may say love, 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 but your actions are very different. You may say give, 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 but your finances say something wildly different. See, in the Christian faith, I think people spend more energy trying to say the right things than to do the right things. We're spending more energy trying to say the right things than we are trying to do the right things. Why is that? I think it's because people work harder to gain the approval of other Christians than they do of God himself. See, often our measuring stick is what the other Christian's doing. That person's a better Christian than I am because they don't say those things. That person's a better Christian than I because they don't partake of those things. 
or I'm a better Christian than thou art because of X, Y, Z, right? And we've allowed ourselves to get sucked into this trap of putting more energy into saying the right things than to doing the right things. We want to be perceived as faithful. So we attend, we attend every church event, even for the sacrifice of our own family. See, there are people who will put more energy and more effort into being in the church house every time the doors are open, but they will absolutely sacrifice the relationship with their kids or with their spouse in the process. That, it does, that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. People will want to be perceived as a giver, so they'll do everything they can to get their name on the new brick walkway, right? <laughs> so that everyone knows. We want to be perceived as good followers, so no matter what happens, we're just going to do whatever the pastor says. Wrong. <laughs> it's not the way it works. See, because we've put more energy into giving the perception of being a good follower than actually being a follower of Christ. Do you think that God will be more pleased that you made it through life without using strong language or that you actually lived like, life like Christ did? See, we've put weight onto the wrong things is what we've done. And so our reputation is tied to these simple, minuscule, these little tiny things that really have little to no bearing on the kingdom. Because these are our things. These are how we, these are how we identify each other. This is how we know that, oh, wait, that person didn't do that. Oh, they must be one of us, right? I mean, how many times? I've been guilty of that. I mean, I've done it. There's no doubt in, the, in my mind. I've done it a hundred times. And see, what the church has allowed for far too long is the ability to be a good Christian because of your ability to abide by a set of rules than your ability to live like Christ did. We want people to be at every service, every time the church doors are open, and meanwhile, we want to close our own church doors here inside every time that we walk out of those doors. And when people don't show up, this is a perfect day to have talked about this, right? People are like, that's right, that's why all those other people aren't here, because they're living like Jesus, you know? <laughs> but see, we, we, have, we have pushed this agenda for so long and that agenda has made people comfortable to the point that when they do walk out those doors, these doors close. Our hearts close. Our passions close. Because this is the only place that we say is safe enough to allow ourselves to live in that. And that's just, that's just not the way it's supposed to be. It just simply isn't the way that it's supposed to be. See, your reputation, what it does is it gives you influence, which brings you opportunity. Your reputation should be giving you influence, which gives you opportunity. I can tell you that within my work career, five years ago, no one was going to give me a mic and say, just go say whatever the heck you want. Like, we don't really care. We don't need to see your slides. We don't really care. Just go, right? That's because I didn't have a reputation. They didn't understand who I was. They didn't understand what I would talk about. They, they literally had no clue. And so they start and they give you a little bit of responsibility like this. Hey, would you like to be on a panel Panels are hard for me. You know why? Because everyone else gets to talk, and I have to wait. It's really uncomfortable, because I just want to be like, I know. <laughs> and they're like, shut up, Tom. Let's hear from someone else. 
So they start with something little like that. So you get on this panel and you get to give some opinions. Someone's like, hey, that was pretty good, man. You brought us some really good points. Would you be interested in maybe just like co-leading a session? And then you like co-lead and then beyond there, then they're like, well, maybe we'll give you like a good 30-minute session and then they give you an hour and then they, you know, panic about it. But you have to, you have to understand that all of that is building reputation with a purpose, with a purpose to be able to influence, a purpose to be able to do something. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to be concerned with what every single person thinks about you, because if most of you know me, I don't get too hung up on that. But there is some sort of actions that you need to be putting forward that are going to lead people into decisions around you. They need to be able to see something. They need to be able to see actions, not just words, not just concepts, not just ideas, but true actions as you walk out your life in Christ. And see, there is, I believe, one thing that is your greatest enemy for building your reputation. One thing that is so incredibly powerful that is so difficult to deal with that I believe hinders so many people in building their reputation. Do you know what it is? It's your tongue. It's not the enemy. It's not Satan. You know, it's not Beelzebub. It's your tongue. See, we've convinced ourselves that it is our, our duty to shout our opinions and thoughts so that we can change the world. But Jesus, see, his impact was led by his desire to serve, not his desire to prove a point. That's so wildly different than what we are trying to do in the earth often. In James chapter 3, I want to read verses 5 through 12 to you. Because, and, and you've all heard this before, you, you, this isn't foreign to you. But it's all about the tongue. It says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. That is, this is not a very good endorsement for the tongue of members of the body, just so you know. It says, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. I'm going to say that again. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. See, the world that we live in wants you to start bucketing people into categories to make it easy to disregard them. Don't believe me? Republican, Democrat, black, white, good, bad, vaccinated, unvaccinated, American, immigrant, 
We can go on and on and on and on. The world wants you to bucket everyone. You know why? Because it becomes easier for you to disregard an entire body of people who were all made in the image and likeness of God. And we've, we just fall right into that trap. Some of the most divisive conversations being had in our world right now is not because, it, it's literally, it's because we don't see anyone but the people in our groups as being in the likeness of God. That's why. We've allowed, we've said these people, likeness of God. These people, tyrants, sinners, bad, bads, no-nos, right? That's what we've done. And Satan knows that trick. And here's the worst part. Because we can't tame our tongue, we are spitting venom about people made in the likeness and the image of God. It's wrong. It's just flat out wrong. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what your thought is. They are made in the image of God. That person with a flag in their yard that you disagree with, made in the image of God. That person with an opinion that doesn't match yours, made in the image of God. We call people stupid, ignorant, inconsiderate, all of the above, and it's all because we've stopped looking as God looks, and we look only as the world looks at things. It's so, it is so disgusting to the Lord. It just truly is. See, we're falling into a trap here, and what it's doing is it's ruining your reputation, and it's ruining the church's reputation. And we're all just tumbling all the way down that hill, all the way down. There's a, there's a little song This came into my mind. This is going to sound a little wrong, okay? It probably is, so just go with me. There's a, there's a little song that came into my mind when I was thinking about this, and that song is This Little Light of Mine. Y'all remember that song, right? Yeah. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. One of the verses of that song says, all around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. All around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Makes sense. Sounds good. Sounds legit. But today we, saw, we sound a little more like, call my neighbor a bigot. I'm going to let it shine. Call our president an idiot. I'm going to let it shine. Does that line up? No. It doesn't line up with anything that is in the Word of God. By definition, what we are doing is we are cursing and blessing from the same tongue. And what's crazy about this is this is like, this is like Sunday school early stuff, guys. And it's, it's, it's almost shameful because that has been poured into so many of us at such a young age but it just seems that when we get into adulthood, it just seems like none of that sticks anymore. We forsake all of it because our opinions are more valuable than what the Word of God has said about it. And what we've done is we've allowed us to bring down the reputation of the body of Christ. Why do you, why do you think they don't want the church in the schools? Why do you think they don't want the church in the government, why do you think they don't want the church involved in all these things? It's because of the way that we've ruined the reputation of the church on the earth. But here we are. This one's a bigot. This one's a this. This one's an idiot. You know, you, you want to know one of the most offensive things to me? I know I'm getting a little bit off of the track here, and I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. Is how people degrade anyone in government. 
I saw a bumper sticker the other day that made me want to crash my truck right into somebody, which I would not advise you doing. Unless you're driving a big truck like mine, then you'll probably be okay. And I, this isn't to be political in any ways. I, I think you guys know I'm about as neutral as whatever is neutral. I don't know. I don't have a good metaphor for that. Um, but <laughs> I got nothing. Um, a white wire and electrical. Is white neutral, Chris? Nope. Okay. Black's neutral. Never mind. <laughs> is black neutral? Ah, forget it. I'm screwed. Okay. So <clears throat> I saw this bumper sticker, and I, I've seen it a few times, and it just... It, it literally kills me. I took a hiatus from Facebook a while ago because I kept seeing nonsense like this. It just made me want to gouge my eyes out. And it said, Joe and the hoe must go. And I thought, man. And, and the, the shame of it is it's not just, it's not just anyone sharing that. They're, they're, they're Bible believers. There are people that are sitting in pews every day that are spitting disgusting things about people like that. And I just look at that and I'm, I'm just, I'm ashamed because that's not who Christ was. Shoot, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, Jesus ran into a hoe and that's not what he did, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and, and listen, everyone, everyone's going to give you your own opinion about how you need to do it. But listen, we need to tame our tongues. It doesn't matter what someone else said. It doesn't matter how much venom they're spitting. We need to be able to lovingly go to someone and be able to, and, and listen, if you're in the body of Christ, you should be able to lovingly go to someone and be like, listen, that's, that's, not, the, that's not the body of Christ. That's not, that's not the Holy Spirit coming out of you in those moments. I just want to hit them in the head with a mallet. Like that's, and that's where I got to like tame myself a little bit. Right, exactly. So that's, that's why I got to stop. Like, I can't do it, right? <laughs> but see, what we're doing is we're just damaging the reputation of the church. And you know what's happening? What's happening is the church is having their little moments. And because of the lack of influence, there's a lack of opportunity. When the community does something, they're not there because the community doesn't want them there. When someone's in need, they're not really asking the church because they really don't want them there. Why? Because of X, Y, Z. Because I saw them do this or because I heard them say that or because I watched them like this or share this or blah, 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 noise, 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 noise. We're damaging the reputation of the church. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The question for me is how long are we going to allow ourselves to be deceived to playing the same worldly game everyone else is playing? And when all of a sudden do we rise above that? When do we rise above that to say, you know, I don't, I don't need to participate in that because the word tells me to pray for my leaders. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go above that. I'm not going to share disgusting things one way or the other about anyone because I'm going to pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to seek the throne of God for these things. 
I'm not going to badmouth someone because they disagree with me on something. I'm not going to tear them down because of their thought process. Listen, I could tell you right now, even my wife and I, we have wildly different opinions about a lot of different things in life, and it drives her insane because I'm just that, that kind of a guy. <laughs> but see, she's not tearing me down unless she's hiding those posts in public. I don't know. You guys maybe let me know later. <laughs> see, but, but what we're doing with every like, with every share, with every, whether it's social or whether it's in person, we're building a reputation, a reputation for who we really are, how we really feel. And it's not about understanding where you stand on issues. That's what, see, that's what the enemy has disguised it for you. The enemy has disguised it that you have to take your stance or everyone's going to fill in the gaps. You know what you have to do? You have to honor the Lord Jesus with your life. That's what you have to do. You have to bring honor and glory to the kingdom. You have to walk out your life in a way that literally makes people and gives people this chance where all of a sudden there's influence and there's opportunity. Because most of what we do, most of what we engage with does the opposite. It closes doors. It closes hearts. The church is losing its reputation in the world not because it's irrelevant, not because the world isn't in need, not because we don't have enough to entertain them, not because of our music, not because of our lights, not because of our facilities. It's because the words that are coming out of our mouths are more, more cursing than they are blessing. I told my kids the other day, um, <clears throat> maybe a little controversial, but um, I told my kids the other day, uh, because there was something about bad language. Maybe we did talked about this when we were in Texas. I don't remember. Something about bad language. And I remember saying, you know, um, there are people who don't say those words, who say more disgusting things than any of them. So we don't judge, we don't judge someone because they say X, Y, Z, or because they, they don't say X, Y, Z, Right? We don't judge anyone at all. That was, maybe I didn't drive that point home. Um, maybe I told them why we judge people. I don't know. Uh, but, but like, we need to understand that the things that are coming out of our mouths, it doesn't matter if there's not a curse word laced in it. If there's no love in it, it's just as filthy. If, in my opinion, it's filthier. See, I'm telling you today, our inability to shift this individually means we're never going to be able to shift it corporately. That's, this is where it has to start. It has to start by me making a decision that I'm going to say more like all around the neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine than some of the other things I told you about. See, people are going to die. And my question is, are we willing to just sit there pushing our own agenda while we completely forget the mission of Christ? Matthew 28, 18, 20. This is the mission. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, going and making disciples of all the nations isn't about getting people to group over onto your side and how you feel 
what your opinions are about the latest world topics that are hitting the headlines or whatever. It is about us honoring him, not just with our mouths, but with our actions and with everything that we do. It's literally walking out and understanding that we have an opportunity in the reputation that we are building individually and then corporately. It's those things that give you the platform. It's those things that put you in front 150, 200 people to be able to share because you have the authority. You have a reputation that says, you know what? It doesn't really matter. I know that if I brought them forward, I know that if I brought them out, I know what's going to come out of them. I'm not going to be surprised by what shows up. And see, we have to put an effort into fixing the reputation of the church in the world. But that starts individually. Thanks again for listening to this message from Real Church Goshen. You can find out more about us and our services by visiting us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Real Church Goshen.